0: Hello and welcome to Switzer TV. I'm Peter Switzer and tonight we look at five companies on a tear higher on the market right now. Those companies are Tyro, Zipco, EML, McPherson and Elmo. Mike Wayne of Medallion Financial will assess each company one at a time. Then Mike Gable from Fairmont Equities looks at what the charts are telling us about these companies. As I say, these companies have been on a real tear higher. And then we'll talk to Charlie Aiken and Paul Rickard about how come the stock market is going up despite there has to be some fears about a second wave sell off. Well, that's the show and without any further ado, let's go and check out Julia Lee and what she up to right now. Well, joining us as she always does to kick off the show is Julia Lee from Birmingham Invest. Great, Great to, to be you, here, Pete. Pete. Now, that market just keeps on going up, Julia. I, I'm, I'm just praying there is no second wave infections because it seems to me the market is believing that if, if there are going to be second wave infections, they're not going to rock the market. What do I you mean, think? I mean, this is a
1: market that's rallying on the basis that we're going to see an easing of the lockdowns, not only here in Australia, but also in New Zealand. In fact, we heard that New Zealand from this Thursday will be opening up their bars um, and restaurants so people will be able to go out. They will limit uh, gatherings to 10 people. But the lifting of those restrictions, means I mean, some of those New Zealand stocks is well on the market. Sky City, which has a casino in Auckland, was up by about 5%. We mm. also saw Auckland airports up about 4.5% and New Zealand was up about 3.5%. And even Fletcher Building managed some gains on hopes that its workforce will be able to get back to work. And, of course, here in Australia, with the easing of some of the lockdowns, it meant that retailers did well on the market. So I think Maya was up by 13 percent. JB Hi-Fi was up by about 3 percent. And those discretionary retailers did well on the market today.
0: Julia, what have you been buying and
1: why? I think, Pete, uh, last week I told you I've been buying into stocks where the uh, solvency and liquidity concerns disappeared, so basically after capital raisings. And some of the stocks that we'd entered into included things like Webjet, G8 Education, InvoCare, as well as QB Insurance. And some of these stocks have really taken off. I guess I bought them when it was at uh, peak pessimism. And Webjet today on the market was up by more than 20%. So some of these stocks are now starting to factor in that people will start moving and travelling again. Um, and we are starting to see an uplift in terms of valuations there. So that's nice to see as long as we don't get that second wave feed.
0: Yeah, that's right. And uh, I know we interviewed the CEO of WebJet here about six weeks ago and he he, he thought the coronavirus would be a, a problem for him. I don't think he could ever imagine how big it was, but he'd be very happy to see this bounce back. What about, uh, so it's WebJet, um, you know, GEN, that's the, uh, the education business, right? And NAB, you bought that because they're having a capital raise?
1: After the capital raising, uh, they strengthen their balance sheet, so they should be okay in terms of capital over the next 12 months and managed to get that dividend as well. So that that was a, a nice bonus. Look, the banks are cutting or deferring dividends at the moment. Um, and even if we did see deferred dividends or cut dividends over the next three years, I guess picking up stocks for the longer term, as long as we see a recovery of those dividends over the next three or four years back to pre-COVID-19 levels, then, um, you know, Based on uh, current prices, you're looking at a yield of 13 to 15%. So unusual circumstances, um, but also an opportunity there. No doubt that in terms of the housing market, the pain is probably yet to come given those um, mortgage deferrals. But given where stock prices is in, uh, the prices now probably are reflecting that.
0: So, so are you basically saying that if you're a long-term investor looking at some of our banks... Is not a bad idea. I think
1: the bank's looking interesting. Virgin Money is another one that's been sold off very heavily. The other area that's looking like it's been indiscriminately sold off is the real estate investment trust area. And I guess today's update we heard from Essentia as well as from Charitable Wales. And I think comparing these two companies really highlights... Um, the difference in quality as well as tenancy for Essentia, which is the Westfield, um, shopping centers here in Australia, you know, it has been heavily hit outside of the supermarket and food retail, things like footwear, clothing, uh, leisure, they've been hit very hard. And, um, They're saying at the moment around about 57% of their tenants are open for business. That will slowly ramp up. But then you compare that something to a Chatter Hall's Whale, which is a much diversified portfolio. And most of its income comes from government and large corporations. A few years back, they bought the Telstra Exchange Towers, which they now lease back to Telstra. They've got a BP portfolio as well. So, much more stable. They came out with a revaluation to more than 40% of their portfolio because some of the assets are unlisted and revaluations didn't move. They are going to reevaluate 100% of their portfolio uh, by June 30, but pretty stable cash flows um, for a business like that with the average lease 14 and a half years and on a yield of 6.3% in a world where many dividends are being canceled, deferred or even dropped. uh, It's looking pretty attractive at the Moment. So the Real Estate Investment Trust is one of those areas where everything's been sold off but some uh, there's pockets of quality because of the quality of the tenants, the stability of the cash flow as well as mm-hmm. the assets.
0: Yeah, I know John uh, McBain from Centuria was basically saying the same to us last week that basically he's very happy with his portfolio of um, of clients or, or tenants. and. Uh, they're probably, he didn't say this, but probably like you're implying that they have been oversold and I guess as the market recovers, you'll be getting reasonable income along the way as well.
1: Yeah, I mean yield is a, a hard question at the moment for a lot of investors given the typically high yielding areas of the market like the banks um, have been cutting or cancelling or deferring our dividends. So, Yield really is coming from unusual places on the Australian market, from the miners, from the gold miners, um, from areas that you wouldn't necessarily expect. There are still some traditional pockets of yield, so the supermarkets are still doing relatively well with stable cash flows and the utilities. um, But really, a lot of that dividend growth for the Aussie share market is coming from the miners.
0: Mm. Uh, you're still buying gold, Julia, or you, you, have you got enough gold?
1: <laughs> I have enough gold, but um, Evolution's one that I've liked for a while, and I think that's up 8% over the past week, and looks like it's um, ready to test all-time record highs. So um, interesting one, still like it. I mean, when you're selling the gold at you know, over 2,600 Australian amounts and your all-in sustaining cost is below 1,000, 1,600 bucks is a pretty nice margin to have as a gold miner.
0: And Julia, you know, in the past, you've liked EML payments, and uh, we've looked at uh, on the program, you know, later in the program. What's your your view on EML nowadays?
1: Well, the outlook is brightening. We have seen retailers doing well on the market, the buy now, pay later space doing well. And that's all on the basis of the economy starting to rumble and open up. So EML, which is in the area of gift cards as well as rechargeable cards, are doing well. And hopefully we do see the economy opening up before that key Christmas period for EML. So EML share price are reflecting that a better outlook for its business, given that we are seeing uh, some things in Australia opening up.
0: Yeah, Julia, um, I'm glad that you come and open up for us and all the things that you're buying because it's very good for our uh, investing going forward. Thanks, Keith. What do you think about a company called Zipco?
2: Yeah, so Zip, this is the, the much vaunted um, "buy now, pay later" space. Yeah, little um, brother
0: of Afterpay. Little Very brother little of brother.
2: Afterpay. Um, look, these both Afterpay was down below ten dollars at one point, ended up close to forty. Um, zip money was, I think, around one dollar. It's mm. now back above sort of three fifty. Um, initially, everyone was fearful with these companies that people being laid off, people being unable to work. That have no money to spend. No retail. No retail at all. And as it's turned out, these companies are given a couple of updates, and so far they haven't been too bad. Obviously, bad debts have ticked up, but it's only been very slightly in the case of Zip Money or, or Zipco. Um, so so far it hasn't been too much damage to their overall business, but yep. it's something you've got to keep an eye on. Yep. Uh, for us, it's not somewhere that we're invested in at the moment just because of that unknown factor. Yep. I uh, would have liked to have got so in we, on the So when you have an
0: unknown factor, you just kind of put that to the side until you, that known, unknown becomes unknown,
2: or...? Basically, then, when it's yeah. such a big key issue for the company, um, I think it's mm. something you need to take into consideration because so far the government programs have obviously helped mm. in reducing the number of defaults and bad debts out there for these okay. sorts of companies job keeper job seeker that is injecting a lot of capital and cash into the system that won't necessarily always be there yep. you've got to consider as well with the likes of afterpay and zip in order for them to keep growing they need to keep getting access to capital and debt funding costs have gone up around the world if they have to come and raise equity in the market the cost of equity has gone up probably as well so their costs are going up and they can't necessarily pass that on to their yep. end customer or their merchants the way that a bank would so for us um, it's still a lot of questions to be asked. And I don't think you can compare Afterpay and Zip as a like-for-like like all the time. I think Afterpay is probably slightly better quality. Their repayment turnover is a bit higher than Zip, but Zip has actually been seeing that repayment turnover pick up a little bit. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so no, I, I must admit, I've I avoided Afterpay because I, I didn't know what governments might yeah. do to stop them doing what they're doing. And Zip actually is, a, is probably a better... Um, dancer of credit. They don't give away yep. credit as really nearly as after pay, but they, they, but they haven't had spectacular growth, well, that, That's
2: right. So they do bigger ticket items. Mm-hmm. They're a bit stricter in the way that they they do background checks, mm-hmm. etc. and that has probably hindered their rates of nice growth. Nice guys come
0: second. Let's go to the <laughs> next one. Uh, uh, EML Payments is one that our, our good friend Julia Lee has yep. liked. Um, What do you think about EML Payments?
2: Look, another interesting, uh, fast-growing tech business, it makes a lot of sense. This company, in the areas that it's operating in, has been taking market share and growing at spectacular numbers. Uh, They pulled back as well very quickly when the initial sell-off was taking place, but they've bounced equally as quickly. So you've got to be quick with some of these growth stocks to take advantage of them. Um, EML has basically got three business divisions. The first one is reloadable credit cards, which are used for various sports betting accounts, uh, such as Ladbrokes. Um, gosh, I shouldn't probably go through the names yeah, on yeah. this, yeah, but we, anyway. We it. Okay, that's a good example. But, um, so that's the first business. Um, um, the second one is um, gift cards. So you. Think about your old-fashioned Maya gift card or David Jones' shopping centre. Again, I'm going through the the different brands there, so giving them a free plug. But basically, (laughs) that's the first two businesses. The third one is secure payments between businesses and their suppliers, etc. And
0: these guys should be struggling now, shouldn't they? Because people aren't out shopping, but they're still going down.
2: That's right. And that's what I don't quite understand. Um, And that's why I'm a little bit cautious of, of just piling into them, because the share price is moving higher. That's one aspect to it but Mm. the underlying business at some stage needs to show that it can handle these conditions because you would think that reloadable credit cards gift cards and business transactions would all be under pressure prior to the covid 19 as i was mentioning all the numbers were moving in the right direction they've done a lot of acquisitions they managed to integrate those quite nicely they're still growing organically as Mm. well so not just through acquisitions. so there's a lot to like about this business but there's a lot of unanswered questions Do you think
0: some speculators are saying That we might come out of this faster than we we think a company like this will rebound quicker because like in retail it's in casinos and things like that
2: that's right and that's what people try to do with stocks they view something that's temporary as permanent sometimes but in this situation they're viewing this as a temporary issue that's going to be transitory and pass in time and then in six 12 months we might not get back to 100 percent of the volumes and the values that were being transacted previously but we'll be Pretty much, they're 80, 90 percent of the way back.
0: Okay, let's go to Tyro. Now, Tyro yep. is a company that was once a four-dollar stock, mm, yes. ripped up there, it got clobbered down to about a dollar when the, the, the crash was on. It's now made a, a very big comeback. I think it yep. ends up a fair bit today as well. What's your view on Tyro?
2: Another great fintech company, a good story that actually made that transition from a, a specky, if you like, mm. to a company that won a lot of contracts and generated a very strong business model, taking market share away from the banks.
0: And it's basically, well, um, a lot of us do tap and go in restaurants right. and cafes, a lot of them are Tyrone machines, aren't that's they? That's right.
2: So the thing is, the, the people that they deal with or the companies that they deal with um, tend to be very large businesses or even just small to medium-sized mm. enterprises as well. They did a very good job initially in locking up many small to medium-sized businesses where the margins are very high. Yeah but the growth rates in that area are starting to slow. And one of the concerns is that as they get on larger and larger merchants Mm. and companies, they're they're gonna get squeezed. So will they be able to maintain the rates of growth that people have gotten used to? That's one concern. Obviously as well with this coronavirus pandemic, people were concerned that volumes of transactions were gonna decline Mm. uh, and that value of those transactions declines as well. And we've seen in an update, I think today, that the volumes have been pretty flat, but the basket of items, the basket of goods is actually now smaller. Mm. And again, it's a question about how quickly things can mm-hmm. return back to where they were before how the, the crisis. However, the market is like in their future. Good well, that's it right, works? because it, but all, if, you, if you come back from $4 to $1, $1.50, obviously a lot of people are going to start yeah. to look at that. And I think at the moment, people are buying those companies on their previous growth trajectory mm-hmm. and the expectation that that growth trajectory is going to pick up again once we pass this mm. little blip. It's time I, will tell
0: and i guess you if you believe that all of us being locked up are desperate to see the return yep. of friday and saturday nights at restaurants and pubs <laughs> tyro will be a beneficiary well, when that happens
2: absolutely they did actually get a bit of an offset with people going and stocking up on toilet paper and, and goods and service yeah. goods for their house to keep them and sustained throughout this period so they did see actually a bit of a pickup in the volumes it's just that People weren't spending on mm. shots down at the pub. They were okay. buying toilet paper, which was okay. s- cheaper.
0: All right. We'll save your, your favourite for last. <laughs> McPherson was an interesting yeah. one. We interviewed the CEO here last week, and I was actually quite surprised at, A, the diversity of the company. And once again, its its, it's graph looks like all the yeah. other companies. It's a really big bouncer. What do you think about McPherson? Yeah, look,
2: I must admit, it wasn't one that I was too familiar with before, but after looking into it, it is an interesting company. It's yeah. almost a diversified conglomerate, mini conglomerate in yeah. some respects, because it covers everything from aluminium foil and glad wrap to health and beauty products. Yeah. Um, even and then sort of and the, the,
0: like the uh, nail clippers. Yeah, oh yeah, the nail
2: clippers and the files, all that stuff that you yeah. see in the chemist. The stuff that,
0: that gets get stolen off us of, at the airport <laughs> when we're going through. Yeah, it.
2: all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So um, they might have seen a bit of a tick up, or they didn't see a bit of a tick up, as people again stocked up their, their pantries and, and their cupboards at home to get them through this pandemic. Um, but for them, I think the main driver is this product called Dr. Um, Windless or something. I can't remember the name there. But Whispers or something? S- yeah, basically it's their skin and, and beauty range, yeah. and which is seeing China, enormous right? growth into China. China. Yeah. Not only that, they're seeing 50% growth domestically, 250% growth overseas. Yeah. So, there's something to like about that business. Yeah. Um, that business...
0: They've got, 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 got products for the now when we're locked that's up. That's right. And products for when we're not locked well, up. That's
2: right. So at the moment, their main driver of growth is the things that you thought would have been more mature for them, yeah. the, the foil and, and the nail clippers. Mm. That's obviously seen a bit of a bounce in the short term. The health and beauty stuff's probably taken a little bit of a backseat in the short term, but in the long term, you want to see those dynamics shift because ultimately it's the fast-growing brands that make a big difference for yeah. them.
0: And they were a mining services company at one stage I
2: yeah I look it's it's a strange business taken on many yeah. many different um yeah many different forms
0: yeah okay final one elmo and, and yeah. not, for, for people who were sesame street fans
2: elmo <laughs> means a lot
0: means a lot of things <laughs> elmo is a company you like at the, yeah. uh, microcap conference in november you tipped it it did very well explain what it is and why you still yeah. like it
2: yes yeah, so elmo tipped at the conference fortunately it's higher today than it was then despite all that's gone on yeah. It's one of these software-as-a-service, fast-growing tech businesses that provides services to HR departments when it comes to payroll and rostering. Um, It's got a 10% market share. So basically any business in the country is a target customer for them. For payroll. um, For for payroll and and things like that. And speaking to the management last week, Mm. they suggested that although a couple of companies have put off that final decision-making process um, in this environment, what they have seen is a lot of other businesses coming to them looking to um, move into the cloud, so to speak, and away from more traditional payroll um, mechanisms, which can often, you know, in, in the office, done through paper or whatever it may be. So um, they've got clients ranging from universities um, to, to many big en- um, electrical and, and technology companies. It's founder-led still. Um, I think the two founders own 30, 40% of the companies like still. It? I like that, it means they've got skin in the game. Often these fast growing tech businesses are private equity led, and they don't really have the networks entrenched within the industry, mm. which I think helps Elmo when they acquire businesses. Often the businesses that they're acquiring have been set up by people that work for Elmo in the past or mm. things like that. So they have a, a bit of an advantage in our view in that space. They've got great customer retention rates. Um, each year, each customer spends 110% of what they spent the year before, so not only are the current clients spending more, but they're bringing on a lot of new business as well. Their margins are very high, and they've got a number of different modules, 13 in total, when the average customer only uses about three, three and a half of those 12 or 13 different modules. The idea is, over time, they can not only increase revenue through existing customers using more modules, but bringing on new business as well. Cost
0: selling to advantage. All right, so that's Michael Wayne with his uh, look at five, I think, very interesting stocks. Uh, Mike, your website before we go?
2: Medallionfinancial.com.au Thanks, Mike.
0: Well, we've heard from Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial about these companies and now I've asked Michael Gable of Fairmont Equities to tell us what the charts are saying about these companies. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Peter. Let's just start off with uh, Tyro, first of all. What's the chart? Well, at the moment it's
3: telling me it can continue to head higher. So, um, what we could see on this particular chart is, obviously the the savage sell-off from a few months ago, uh, bounced well off the lows, just like the rest of the market. But what I've indicated with the diagonal blue lines is that it did enter a period of um, consolidation. So, uh, strong move off the lows, um, and then it consolidated that move. So what that means is, you know, any selling that came in wasn't enough to push it down to the previous lows. It was met with um, almost equal buying. And then in the last few days, we can see that the selling pressure has subsided uh, and now it's having another run towards sold high.
0: Mm. Now, this is the kind of theme I'm you know, exploring here, Michael. And it seems to me that the market is saying that Eventually, they, they believe Tyro's future's good. And even if we got, say, for example, a second wave and another savage sell-off, it, it kind of tells me if you're a investor, this is a company that would always be a good buy on any such, say, second sell-off savage dip. What do you say? Uh, yes,
3: I mean, what, what we've seen in the last week or what I've noticed is um, a clear breakaway between Uh, I guess, leading companies um, within their sectors and the rest of the market. So as we know, the Australian market in the last month hasn't made any ground at all. It's stuck in a range. Um, But there are a select number of companies in the last few days that have broken out of that range and are actually heading higher. So um, this stock is one of them. Uh, Even if we're looking outside uh, this space, companies like Macquarie, companies like Magellan, uh, there are a number of companies out there which are market leaders in their sectors that have broken out of this range from the last few weeks and are already having a run. So it the market's trying to show us which are the stronger companies out there. So if we do get another wave of selling, these are the companies that you need to be paying attention to.
0: Let's go to one that probably doesn't fit that bill of being a leader in its sector, namely Zip. Uh, and it has gone for a nice ride lately after Ten Cent has taken a very big mm. interest in Afterpay. What's the chart? Um, in some respects, it? it's
3: similar um, to TYR. So it's, it had that period where it um, basically hit a little bit of a, a brick wall for a small period of time, um, which we can see with the horizontal blue line there, but but now it's having a, a, another run higher. Um, it is coming up to uh, some major levels of, of resistance though. So the two, the two horizontal lines Um, that that I've got there a zone where it should encounter um, just a little bit of selling pressure but um, yeah look you know great great rally off the lows but I think for the I guess the shorter term uh, this one might um, just find it a bit harder going
0: okay good point our next company is EML payments and this one that uh your friend and mine, Julia Lee, has liked for some time. She got it right in our microcap conference in November, and it did well. Then faced the savage sell-off that other companies um, have experienced, but it's made a bit of a comeback. What are the I think charts the chart looks really good,
3: actually. This is one that um, that we've also been buying back into a few weeks ago for um, for some clients. Again, it's displaying that very nice bounce off the lows, a consolidation, uh, and again we can see a breakout. Uh, occur a few days ago uh, and if we have a look at where it is now compared to the old high not that i'm saying it deserves to be at the old high anytime soon but yeah at some point between here and the old high um, is where it may well find resistance and that's still um, quite a significant amount of upside so i think this is a, a really good looking chart
0: yeah and i guess all three companies have a a modern tech feel about them, don't they? And it just seems as though the market is saying they companies are the of yeah, the Yeah, fees. exactly.
3: I think what's important for investors is to identify companies which can, um, I guess, have the most resilient earnings in the face of, of this virus and this new world that we're entering. Um, and, yeah, clearly there's going to be a lot of winners and losers with what we're seeing. But I think companies like this, um, you know, their their earnings are not going to get dented as much as as some other well-known
0: companies. Hmm. Now, our next company is a different sort of company, and I, it's called McPherson. And the reason why I got you to look at this, I interviewed the CEO last week, didn't know much about the company at all. I know when I talked to Julia Lee about it, she said that the mining resources company, a mining services company, which it used to be, but it's kind of got out of that and got into a whole lot of, as uh, Michael Wayne described it to me earlier today, a plethora of different businesses but many of them uh, um, have a bit of potential, and others are actually doing quite well because of the coronavirus. what What's the, what the chart saying about? The
3: chart goes, for this uh, looks really good, Peter, and I have to admit it's not one that I was familiar with either, but um, you know I wish I was because from from its lows it's um, it's almost back to its old high. Uh, but the way it's trading tells me that it can still continue to head higher. So the reason why I say that is it hasn't just gone from, you know, the lows in March all the way back near its old high in a rush, what it's done is it it had that initial bounce, like some of the other companies, consolidated that move. So, what I've indicated on the chart with the diagonal blue lines um, is just that that consolidation. So, this is known as a flag formation in charting. So, we've got sellers now stepping up, but being met with almost equal buying. So, the share price, therefore, hasn't fallen all the way back. It's sort of steadied around these levels. Um, but now it's on the move again. So anyone that was going to sell the stock seems to have done so, uh, and now it's uh, it's ready to head higher. So I think this one um, will be touching its old high pretty soon.
0: Mm. It's funny, Michael. Whenever I throw a few companies at you, I never ever get four thumbs up. But it looks like we've got four thumbs.
3: Well, I mean, the up. market. Yeah, I'm still I'm still quite optimistic on the overall market. I think there's there's further upside. It's it's doing really well, and. Um, you know, at the moment, yeah, look, most companies are still are still recovering, I guess, if we chatting again in a month's time, um, you know, a few of them might be turning a corner. But for the moment, you yeah, know, I think a lot of these companies still have some more upside.
0: Well, here we are again, uh, socially distanced as we're supposed to be. Uh, but the market keeps on going up. And I've got to ask the question, is this too good to be true? Charlie?
4: Well, I think potentially aspects of it are, Peter. Not, not everything. I think that in stuff that I look at globally, there's been many justified price moves in terms of you know, you know software companies, world leading, world's leading tech companies deserve, probably deserve to be where they are. Mm. But I do feel some of the rebound trade based on a sort of V-shaped recovery when this all ends is a little optimistic. Yeah. So I don't think it's all too optimistic. You've got to remember... The biggest stimulus you've ever seen in peacetime has been thrown at this. Hmm. So you've got really cheap money, huge government spending, you know, huge unemployment, and markets in parts probably a little bit ahead of themselves, but not all of it is, Pete. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit fifty fifty on that.
5: Paul, well, I think the market does what the market does, Peter. It goes too That's far one way and too far the other way, right? Yeah. And this is sort of like we went far too far on the way down, right. and we've probably gone. Too far on the way up, as everyone thinks it's all the worst is behind us. So I think it's actually going to be a really tough twelve months, mm. uh, and and we'll be looking back and this and thinking, well, now we understand why earnings are are, are much lower. So. I think the rebound probably has been too high, but it's come off a very low base, Peter. Mm. And uh, markets, I think Charlie was saying, has been saying on this program for a number of weeks, particularly in the US, there's so much cash around, it's got to find a home. It's what it's been doing. It's been mm. buying shares. Oh, I
4: think the other thing is, it's not just the cash on the sidelines. A lot of people put on short positions mm. in March. So there's been a lot of shorting of individual stocks that were seen to be, you know, entering the Great Depression. A lot of index shorts were put on as well. Mm. And that has been quite painful for people who put those on. So I think you've seen a fair bit of covering of that as well. So a bit of what we've seen recently is a bit of a short squeeze too, actually, as well. Hmm.
0: So so I guess the, the bottom line is this. Charlie, are you thinking to yourself, if we do see in America a second wave threat, that the stock market will get really spooked when they see that?
4: Yes, definitely the second wave is the biggest risk we've got. Also, an increase of tensions between America and China. Hmm. They're, they're the two biggest risks we've got. Yeah. Now, the markets have been very easily found the, found the, the path of least resistance lately has been up. You know, people are lightly positioned, but that could quickly change. So, I mean, I'm no expert on second waves or anything like no, that. No but anything. I do see the rhetoric between the US and China is picking up a bit. And it does worry me, hmm. you know, just in terms of where we are and trade deals and payback for all this. So, look, I think where we've got to... I mean, the risk reward's not fantastic, where, we, where we've got back to, I'd suspect. And I'm still running a bit of cash, just waiting for our moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we might get a chance. I, I think there's probably a third risk, Peter. That's the political
5: risk in the US. I mean, yeah. I, I think two months ago, we would have said, look, Donald's home and hosed, mm. right? Um, doesn't matter what happens. That's changed a little bit. I I'm, I'm I don't know... Um, look, I've got no more insight than anyone else's about this, but that's... We'll worry the markets. A Democrat president won't be... As Pro market and market eyes. so there's, so they get you know, if, if that electoral cycle just turns a little bit and they start to worry about that, we're going to get into those but, sort of things. But factors. wouldn't
0: so Joe Biden be more likely to be a conciliatory oh, president with probably, the Chinese? But
5: he's, but still, still, Wall Street's very one-eyed mm. about this, right? Mm. I mean, and so they're going to be much more sympathetic and much keener upon a, a Republican, and we'd like to see as well, not just a. They want to see a president who also has got some influence over the different houses so mm-hmm. you know i just think that's another risk you might throw up mm-hmm. there but as charlie has said i think it's the money mm-hmm. some short positions uh and markets as we know look always looking way ahead you yeah. know we were over the coronavirus now it's about the recovery excuse and, and me have been excuse
0: it. me for being a historian yeah. and, and maybe you, you, i might be reminding you of something as well as you charlie that Hasn't it surprising the US stock market actually done better under Democrat presidents like Clinton and Obama than they did under Republicans?
5: Well, Peter, I think you're the expert on that. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying that, look, yeah. it, it's, it's, what, it's the fear of the unknown. Yes. It's a fear of a change, yeah. and that's just the way Wall
4: Street will think yeah. initially. That's doesn't yeah. work out that way. No. I mean, the so. markets right here, right now are not, have not got to the mm. presidential yeah. election, but they, they will. They definitely mm. will. Yeah. Now, the markets at the moment, as far as I can see, really price the present or the flatness of curves or whatever's going on. Yeah. And they'll, they'll find something else to focus on. Which And the, the US election is a big event. There's no doubt about
0: that. Okay. Paul, you made a point that some of the stocks that Charlie often talks about, like Microsoft and Apple, they've done really, really well, but a lot of other US stocks haven't done it quite as well. Right. Are these tech stocks over... Um, beautifying well, it, the picture than it in, really in, in, is
5: in some cases because some of that are going to do depend on advertising for revenue more like perhaps the facebook's and and yes. some others and google's mm. and the thing. if the is slow there's going to be less advertising it's always the first thing that cuts right mm. marketing expenditure is the first thing business cuts when they need to save costs mm. so i think it's possible to say that, that some of those companies might be over the top i think uh, Charlie's been very keen on uh, on um, Microsoft. That's a different proposition, right? That's software everyone needs, mm. and a cloud business that everyone's using. So you know, probably that's not impacted too much by a software economy. So, but so I think what you know, but the point you're making, Peter, is in America, it's the Amazons, Facebooks. Uh, when, uh, Microsoft, Alphabet. Apple, Apple, Alphabet, they're all p- up at almost near all time highs yeah. um, and higher than the start of the year. Whereas, uh, and we've seen that effect. Where US bank to stocks, stocks are I mean, that,
4: that is justified. I mean, Amazon's yeah. business is dramatically better than it was at the start of the year. So is Netflix. They're both at record highs. Microsoft is very similar, if not stronger. Hmm. Apple's a little bit worse off. But the, the key differentiating factor, and I don't doubt that there's some cyclical elements to those companies, absolutely. Hmm. Right? And they are affected by US economic. You know, Recession, whatever you want to call it, the greatest advantage they have, as I've stressed in the notes mm. and in these in these presentations, is balance sheet. Mm. Most of those companies have between 20 and 150 billion of cash on their balance sheets. They can see through any downturn. It's a bit different to Flight Center coming to me for an emergency capital raising, mm. you know, to stay in business. So I know that those while those large cap tech stocks are done very, very well and the Nasdaq is up now for the year, which potentially is a little bit ambitious, mm. you've got Balance sheet behind you. That they will not need the government, and they do not need any other investor to bail them out. And that's the difference between U.S. banks, Hmm. Australian banks have come cap in hand, the flight centers of the world, and what is going on in U.S. tech. But I wouldn't argue that they've had an almighty run, and they could have a pause.
0: Okay, and you brought up the subject of banks, and Paul, the banks look really crappy at the moment, based on provisions that might not be necessary. Could the banks actually say, for example, if there isn't a second wave and the government can get out our JobKeeper earlier than expected, could the banks be like the, the kind of companies that come home in a wet sail? Well, I, I this think, year? Peter,
5: if you, if, you, if you look at what's happened, I mean, the, the whole market sort of got, got sold off. The banks went a bit further. The companies that went hardest uh recovered first you know particularly some of the and some of the tech names here just following on from the US mm. lead banks have basically sort of stayed relatively still as they've uh, up their so called covid-19 provision so if you believe her in sort of the V-shaped recovery you should see a bit of a V-shape as well with bank share prices when the market comes back to it but mm. at the moment the markets i still think in Australia at least out on the extent se- of mm. just w- whether the banks have actually provided enough so that's sort of the unknown there. So I think there's probably a bit of value there, Peter, but um, it's not, we're not seeing the, the lead in the US, so therefore we're not seeing yeah, it here in Australia. Yeah, so
4: European and US banks are also struggling in mm-hmm. terms of you know, lagging the markets quite badly, as you'd expect in the lowest interest rate environment in history. You know, it's, it's very hard for them in a mm. flat yield curve to actually make money you know, b- b- borrowing short and lending long mm. when the yield curve's flat. So that's a bit of a global event, but obviously with the local dividends being deferred, if you want to call it that, at, mm. you know, let's hope out. there's a first, well, let's call it the first <laughs> for the moment we don't know think, yeah look the point is though that if you have your optimistic scenario we all go back to normal job keeper goes everyone pays their mortgage yeah. again are banks in australia going to rally absolutely yeah but we, i just don't know where we're at with all that yet i don't no, think any me neither uh there's just oh, yeah, a hopeful um, if you're on that side of it, out yes.
0: the stumps yeah but we don't know The second it's really
5: finger in the air stuff the provisions peter are finger in the air whole of scenarios but you know who who would have said a month ago that the US unemployment rate would be 14.6%? So yeah. the, for a bank economist at the moment saying that next year, you know, that housing prices are going to fall 15% this year and 5%. That, again, that's just finger in the air stuff, right? That's all it is. And so, you know, there's no idea at this point in time. So it'll take a long time for that, those sort of numbers to really go through the system. So yeah. I think, uh, as, you, as Charlie said, if, if you th- believe in the reshape recovery, then banks are going to be, look pretty cheap. Yep. If you think this recovery is going to take a lot longer, question mark whether the banks actually have done enough. Okay.
0: Last thing before we go, we always like to get a stock of what you've bought or what you've got your eye on, Charlie. What have you got your eye on or what have you bought?
4: Well, the only thing I've done in the last two weeks is actually buy a bit more of the greatest investor of the 21st century, Berkshire Hathaway. Mm. I think his stock looks interesting. It's the first financial I've added in five years. A or B? B. B, <laughs> B you know, no, A's no. a bit of an expensive well, one. A's a bit much, right? It's yeah, <laughs> <the B's laughs> not bu- Charlie's pay no, grade. <laughs> they're back at the net asset value. Yeah. Remember, yeah. he's got $137 billion in cash. Yeah. He's very well positioned. 17% of the market cap is Apple shares. Yeah. He owns some big money centre banks in America. Well, some Coca-Cola shares American Express. I see it as a bit of an ETF on America reopening, mm. plus his skill to deploy that capital. So that is the only thing I've done in the last few weeks. And quite frankly, mm. over the last few weeks or months, if you've done nothing much, you've probably done okay. You know, The temptation to overtrade these situations is, is very large. Mm. Okay, Paul? Look, a boring stock is the uh, arena REIT, retail, uh, um,
5: Gee, industrial property trust. Yeah, it is boring. Yeah. Look, they did a capital raising last week, but reconfirmed guidance for the full year. I yeah. think that's. Um, What's their most famous it's, it's thing? Uh, if you, uh, Peter, I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, you caught me off guard <laughs> with that question. Sorry about that. So I thought quick, quickly. Yeah. But a year of almost 6%, which they've reconfirmed guidance for. I think that's a, a really low
0: line. risk sort of income stock. Yeah, great stuff. Paul Ricard, Charlie Aiken, thanks for joining us.